Hello, and welcome back to the Observer Station. I know it's been a while since we recorded an episode. It's been a while since we put one out, but, you know, life happens. People get busy. Uh, things go down, and yeah, that, that's all the excuses I come up with. If you're still interested in listening to this podcast, awesome. I uh, appreciate it. And if not, well, then you're not listening to this, so nothing really concerns you. Anyways, thanks for your chiming in for another episode um this one is going to be a little different than some of the other ones um i'm gonna be going into social media social media influences how to properly use social media when it comes to fisheries and how to definitely not use social media when it comes to fishery influences so thanks again for chiming in All right, so, you know, we all live here, modern age, observers out there, um, other people who may be listening to this out there, we all live in the modern age. Social media is there. If it's billionaires buying social media platforms so they can act like giant man-children, or if it's really creepy individuals creating their own social media platforms to essentially monitor, you know, kind of whatever you do. Uh, just remember that social media companies do own more than just social media, so they have the tendency to use these to advertise their own products and collect your information so that they can push items towards you that they want to sell you. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. So social media and fisheries, how are they related? How do they tie into each other? Well, everything runs off of public reputation. PR is either your dream or your nightmare. Nuclear power is a PR nightmare. It is really hard to get people to get past the initial biases of nuclear power. Um, giving people straight up numbers doesn't remove people's influence of negative events that have been affiliated with nuclear power, such as the nuclear bomb. Uh, that's a bad deal. Chernobyl, the meltdown of the plant in Japan after the tsunami event. And even if you give people the facts of why these events happened, it doesn't change their mind. So it, the information that gets out there, whether or not it is factual doesn't matter as much as it should. We saw that with the 2020 pandemic, people throwing ridiculous numbers out there, vaccine injury reports being falsified and documents being leaked that weren't actual documents trying to incriminate particular uh, members in the government or affiliated with the government trying to uh, make other members of the government or affiliated with the government look bad or worse. We know these documents aren't true, but it doesn't matter. The facts are out there, and it's really hard to get an initial bias out of the way. So that's kind of where the saying, first impressions are, make the difference. You know, your first impression on something, if given to you through social media, can make something look significantly worse or significantly better than what it actually is. And it's really hard to change one's initial bias towards something. So when it comes to fisheries, I've, I've come into the presence to find a a Facebook page, uh, Facebook group pages. There's so many of them out there. You can find them for darn near any niche you're looking for. And I found one that I is in, particularly inflammatory, I guess would be the best, best way to put it. it. It causes a lot of uproar and the things posted on it aren't necessarily true. A lot of the information seems completely out of date or out of context. Context is key. Okay. If you hear someone beat the duty out of someone else, you think, oh my gosh, why did that happen? Did they go to jail? Okay. Uh, if they're in a boxing ring, the context of that is, okay, well, they both kind of agreed to do that. If it's a teacher at a preschool beating up a kid, you know, that makes it worse. Um, so context is key. So 
this particular Facebook page, I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to propagate the stupid information being put up here. We're going to go through and break down some particular posts uh, that I find interesting is the nicest way I can to put it. Um, I've tried to get a couple people from this Facebook page to like actually talk to me about what they say on this Facebook page and where they get this information, uh, but they refuse to. So, you know, I'm just going to go into it myself. All right, before we jump into this, I need to make some things clear for anybody that listens to this and might get some misconceptions. One, I do not particularly care for trawl vessels. Um, I think there's a lot of cons to fishing in such a broad stroke way. Um, and if you think I'm pro trawl or, you know, pro destroying fisheries and things like that um i think you're a dummy it's that simple two i do inherently have biases just like anybody does uh, i am for some things and against others and throughout this i may have some internal conflicts as most people typically do and there may be some things that seem like a contradiction to you and they probably are but i'd like to make point one very clear i'm not pro trawl i'm not strictly against trawl I think there's a lot of good uses for it. I think it's not being used properly in most instances. And I think there's a lot of information that's not being recorded properly. But I don't think you can just make one large statement of trawl vessels bad. So now that I made those two points clear, uh, any other points that come up, uh, just you know, remember rule one, rule two, and it'll be fine. So, if you haven't guessed, this particular Facebook page is against trawling. And while some of the information is factually true, it's being portrayed in an uninformed context to an audience that doesn't understand what they're looking at. Yeah, you know, you can say, you can look at some numbers and be like, wow, that's really bad, but there's context to issues and yes some numbers are just straight up bad you know uh, there's no way you can sugarcoat them to make them easier to digest but knowing what comes with those numbers is also key so there's an anonymous post on this page that i'm gonna read and i'm gonna let you make your own assumptions about it and i'm gonna just post some of my own um, on here so the post reads we recently took an observer along on a halibut trip down here in southeast alaska who had been on a couple of trawlers prior to our trip imagine our surprise when they realized when we realized this person had no clue what a legal size or bigger halibut looked like this person assumed the tiny halibut they saw when recording trawl bycatch were legal size halibut when they were shocked to see the difference blown away by how big they could get that their lives had been cut short so soon all observers should be informed what legal size halibut is they should know more about their life history i told them what those little trawl caught halibut represent stocks ex extending up and down our coast as well as washington and oregon that will never reproduce teach when you can dot 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 so uh first of all it's not an observer's responsibility to know the rules and regulations uh the fact that that observer didn't know how big halibut got uh kind of just shows that some people are ignorant to particular facts i mean when you come out of the anchorage airport where you have to leave to go down to the smaller planes or 
you have to, you know, go get your baggage. You walk in and they have a replica of the largest halibut ever caught in Alaska. And it's massive. So if you didn't know halibut got big, nymphs definitely tells us that fish come in different sizes. Um, I think that's more on the observer or this fisherman's probably just exaggerating things. There's a... there's a lot of comments on here, people saying, that, you know, who's responsible for the observer's ability to observe, uh, observers should do what their job title says, observes, no more, no less. They have certain protocols on how to sample, etc. criteria, and there are there to collect data the catch. It's got to be completely unbiased. And that's kind of the idea behind it, right? It, observers are there to observe, We're there to record data, say what's caught, what's not caught what's tossed over, what's kept, things like that. And they're not required to know the rules and regulations. That's for the fishermen to know and for the Office of Law Enforcement associated with NOAA to know as well. That's not an observer's responsibility. The idea is that we're they're collecting an unbiased level of data that they don't think or don't know if it's going to get somebody in trouble or not um, because they're there to just collect the straight-up facts. What's going on? What What's... What's all going on? That That's pretty much it. So that's kind of a weird way to bring up that observers don't know anything, but it also could just be a straight up untrue story. It's posted anonymously on this page. I know, or I've heard rumors that particular people who've posted on this page have lost their jobs, lost the source of their livelihood. So posting anonymously does make sense. Nobody wants to lose their job. Then we have a couple more interesting stories this one reads one of my buddies did his first drag trip a few years back and said one of the crew told him don't put any halibut or crab in his checker this is the observer's checker while the observer was standing right there and then sorted the load putting only target species into the observer checker while he sampled them and shoveled the bycatch overboard i think there are some observers out there who play ball so to speak and bend over backwards to keep them dragging i'm 89 to you know 97 percent sure this story is completely false um while it may have looked like this for the screw member uh it's entirely possible that the observer just needed some of the sampled species or target species it's also entirely possible that this guy was so coked out of his mind that he thought fish were you know crab or crab were fish he's also you know, could just be straight up lying. I there's this story seems so implausible. Observers do not gain or lose anything by keeping fisheries open or closed. Observers are paid by the day. There are plenty of boats up there fishing. I know more than more than know, significantly more often than not. Observers would rather be sent home early than uh than be stuck on a boat that's catching fish like this. Observers are paid when they're sitting around in port, so if there's not a boat ready for us when we're up there, it's just free money and free time for us. So it's, you know, kind of silly. This next post says, Observers are going to work for factory trawlers. Surely there is no conflict of interest that would lead to hiding the real bycatch numbers. And it shows an image of a letter submitted by a fisheries purser that was a former observer. And yeah, you know, observers, people who work on fishing boats, 
tend to find other ways to work on fishing boats that pay a little bit more money. Observing doesn't pay big, big bucks compared to other fishery jobs, especially being a fisherman. And just because someone swaps over to working for the industry doesn't necessarily mean that they're throwing all their wants and woes and biases and internal thoughts away just for money. Uh, A lot of observers I know that have gone over to commercial fishing have kept a level of integrity. You know, a lot of us, a lot of observers go up there partially for the money, but partially to like, you want to make a difference. You get into biology, not because you plan on making the big bucks, but because you want to help save the planet. Like it's not as simple as, oh, well, he used to be an observer and now he works with fisheries. So we must have been protecting the fisheries as an observer the whole time. And it was an inside man job. And there's a level of conspiracy all inside this. And it's just... It's ridiculous, and they this page gets into a lot of well, it's all it's all stacked against this. It's the man. There's a giant conspiracy going on. There, Noah's working with nymphs, which is obvious. Which is working with big trawl to destroy the oceans because they want everything dead, and they're just worried about money. And you know, there there is a certain level of accuracy to that. There's a lot of people that are just thinking about the money and not thinking about the long-term repercussions because either they don't understand the total impact of long-term repercussions or they don't care. They're not going to be around to see it, so it's not their problem. All right, we'll talk about one more observer-related post made on this page. Um, It's not... Prior to a majority or 100% observer coverage, it's just a general post made by a fisherman says, Thank you for taking up the cause of trawl bycatch. I spent time trawling in the late 80s and mid-90s. The fishery can be totally destructive. Try to research the spring Shelikoff Pollock fishery. I recall 30 to 50 tons of Chinook bycatch per tow. That is awful. Just let me know if you have anything you need or help. I'd love to know where to start looking. I wish you the best. Um, I doubt that. I, I, I 100% doubt that they're getting 30 to 50 tons of Chinook bycatch per tow. And the big reasons I doubt this is because Chinook in the ocean are not large schooling fish like this. It, it's not what I understand Chinook do when in the ocean. Getting 30 to 50 tons of Chinook per tow it is insane. Um, the the vast number of kings that would need to be would I mean just just be unfathomable for me. I mean that that is a significant number individual number of salmon. Now uh, odds are that this person is mistaking chinooks for possibly any other fish. Uh, a lot of people have trouble IDing fish. I've seen a lot of misidentifications in fish from fishermen, from observers. It, it, it's more common than you think. There's that there's a lot of nuances to IDing fish that you have to have experience and know what you're looking for to ID them. But a lot of people just straight up can't ID fish and that's fine. So overall, this Facebook page, just uh, a lot of the posts, comments are, I mean, they are not wrong. Uh, Some of them I do particularly agree with. There's one comment in here that says, or one post in here that says, 100% observer coverage doesn't mean every fish is tallied and sampled. It's typically less than 1% of total catch, which is accurate. I mean, it's not wrong. A lot of the 100% observer covered vessels uh, it there's not those are were typically Pollock vessels 
So, you know, it's uh, it was a lot of everything offloaded at the plant and tallied and accounted for, or at least weighed and accounted for at the plant. Uh, only species of interests such as salmon, crab, halibut are tallied at the processing plants for Pollock vessels. When it comes to the larger factory trawlers and things like that, there are statistics applied to the observer samples. Yes, there's a lot of comments in this saying, well, observers can be initially biased or fishermen can intimidate observers into being biased. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Observers are humans, just like anybody else. And it, it, intimidation tactics can happen. Reports are typically made or hopefully typically made. And these things are dealt with. Fishermen are fired or reprimanded. And I know jail time is given in some instances, but the, the idea that you can't trust observers on vessels inherently because they can just be paid off with money uh, is is a logical fallacy. It's dumb, to put it nicely. You could say that about anyone, anywhere, doing anything. Uh, the President of the United States is in with the Martians because they pay him in lunar coins so that he can buy his cryptocurrency and take over the planet with the Martians um, obviously lording over him. Uh, it, it's the same kind of argument that you can't argue against it because there's no facts for or against it. There's just no logic associated with it. Um, a lot of the posts on pages like this are... I mean, they're, they're just misinformative. It's straight up misinformation. It's not that the facts aren't wrong. They're just not presented in a proper way. Yes, troll bycatch is bad. 100% I agree with that. I, I don't think there should be anything listed as bycatch. I think everything should be used. It was something I was raised, um, raised on from a young age. You use as much of anything that you get and don't waste. Waste waste is bad. I mean, the, the salmon numbers are shutting down. Trawlers are trying to get out of a hard cap of chun salmon because they say it's going to affect the fisheries. And the idea that people, uh, you know, some people say, well, they you tell them they can't catch this they're just going to catch more of that and that's dumb that that is also dumb to say that because they you just don't allow them to catch more of that i mean if these fishermen they are they're clever clever minxes you know they will find a way to not catch the things they're not allowed to catch because that's there's a large financial incentive for them to fish cleaner and if you don't ever give them incentive to like hey i need you to do a little better here then why would they make that change yes you know fishermen fishing industry loves to claim as in our previous videos and that they love to claim that they're always taking the initiative and trying to get ahead of these problems but that that's really not true um, they just know that they're about to or just already have been reprimanded reprimanded for these issues that they've caused and they're trying not to get in trouble again now Yes, there is a lot of individual fish that are caught that aren't intended to be caught. A lot of bycatch that is associated with trawlers. Pollock, number-wise, is incredibly clean um, when you compare it in percentages. But because there's so many billions of pounds of Pollock caught, there's also tens, if not hundreds, if not a billion pounds of bycatch associated with that. And this is where a lot of people seem to lose 
lose scale. They tend to lose the idea behind it. Okay. Trawlers take it, trawling fleets, trawling activists take it too far in the, well, we're doing good for the planet. We're Mother Teresa taking care of the poor, things like that. And that's just, it's simply not true. And these anti-trawling groups take it too far in the other direction where they say, we need to just just stop everything, destroy it all, burn all the trawlers to the ground. Um, There's a lot, a lot of these Facebook pages that are a lot of posts that were like, drop, drop boulders out in the crab grounds to protect the crab and stop the trawlers because, you know, any rock that you can take out there on a boat is going to be a rock that a much larger boat will be able to deal with. Yes, it may tear up a net and they may have to fix an, one net, but they these vessels typically have multiple nets on them. So you're not making a difference, any meaningful difference. You're annoying some fishermen and that's pretty much it. I've been on a lot of trawl vessels that have caught in a lot of very, very large rocks. And it's just dangerous for everyone involved. It doesn't prevent them or stop them from fishing. They're just going to mark on their map where they drop that big rock and avoid it next time. You couldn't go out and make a big enough difference by dropping rocks to stop trawling vessels. What you can do is lobby and get to your senators and do things like that to make an actual difference in the end. Because going out and harassing individual fishermen is not going to make significant difference. Difference. Yes, it may be a good show that you care, but it's only flashy. It's like recording a TikTok video instead of talking to a senator or a representative because it shows that you're just in it not to make a difference, but to make people think like think you actually care to make a difference. It, it there's no substance to it. It's obviously hollow. Trawlers catch salmon. They catch halibut, they catch crab, they catch things they're not supposed to. Now, the idea behind the mandatory discard of particular species is that they they don't want them targeting these fish. And you can see that it 100% happens in fisheries where they're allowed to keep a certain level of bycatch. They're not allowed to target them, but they're allowed to keep a certain percentage and sell a certain percentage of bycatch. I have seen it on the West Coast for sablefish fishing. I have seen it in Alaska for Pacific cod in the Gulf that these boats go out and they specifically target other fish in specific ways so that they can still catch this other fish they're not allowed to specifically target, but they are still allowed to sell and they make some good money from it. And it's annoying. It's dumb. It's against the spirit of the rules, which is where this this that kind of behavior is what causes a significant level of conflict between fishermen the government regulators environmentalists and activists it's the motivation behind the fishermen to not follow the spirit of a rule slash law that causes issues that regulators have to find a way to stop the fishermen from doing this that doesn't upset the fishermen too much that 
also appeases some of the activists and this needs to follow the rules of science and have something backed and it's frustrating it's annoying it's not everybody that does it there's a significant number of fishermen that actually you know do care about the fishing that they do they don't want to destroy things unnecessarily because they know that's where their money comes from and a lot of generational fishermen want their kids to be able to fish and when you get into facebook pages like this there's there's a lot of comments or a lot of posts on this the north pacific fisheries management council should wear jackets like nascar drivers so we can know who bought them or uh the ak governor controls trawl through his north pacific marine fisheries north pacific fisheries management council picks write them down tell a friend demand accountability uh it, it's a lot of well it's the man the man's out there to get me the the big trawl vessels are buying all the votes and yes there are there are there is a level of lobbyists. If you go into the North Pacific Marine Fisheries Council page, you can see a breakdown of committee members, what their affiliations are. There's, They're not hiding a lot of this information. You can see the backgrounds on these people. You could go and talk to these people. I mean, I, there's members on the council and committees and things like that that I'm not a huge fan of, but I think they are human. I think I, at least my hope is that they're doing best for what they think needs to be done. And... It's the idea that everybody's out to get you and everybody's coming, <laughs> coming, coming to take your fish and destroy everything on purpose is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, just because you are in the fisheries doesn't mean you want to destroy the fisheries. That's, that's kind of dumb. So when it comes to Facebook pages like this, you can go on there, try to engage uh, this particular Facebook page is trying to grow massively quickly. I, I don't know why. Uh, I'm not sure what their end goal is here. They just have a lot of people that add they want their voices to be heard and save what little is left when they stop the trawler bycatch fleet destruction thanks um and it it's it's silly it's dumb there are definitely ways to fix the bycatch problem and this is not one of them this is not an effective means this is this is going too far in the wrong direction this is the kind of things that get actual legitimate caring thoughtful ideas ignored because they get lumped under pages like this you go on and i'm trying to avoid it i've seen a few observers go on and make comments on this page saying like no this is dumb and you're wrong uh and engaging does not assist in the issue with this this is one of those issues that you can't even straight up ignore but you have to discredit in other ways without giving them any form of credit like what i'm doing here i'm not telling you the name of this facebook page because i do not want you to go to it but if you hear people saying well i saw a facebook page that said this just remember it's social media and anyone can post anything any way shape or form that they want it does not have to be factually true it does not have to be approved in the proper context it can just be straight up a lie or it could just be someone being really stupid when they looked at the number so, yeah, it it's frustrating. I talked to some people about this Facebook page. A couple of them told me, don't do not do this. Don't like, don't bring up this Facebook page. And I think straight up ignoring it is not going to help anything. I'm not going to incentivize people to go to it because this page is dumb. And a lot of the people are on it are either incredibly misinformed or have some other agenda that I have an issue trying to find out. Trawlers, trawlers have a high efficiency model when it comes to catching fish and feeding the world. Now... When you look at bycatch numbers 
it's it's really bad. You look at cow and chicken farms. There's not a lot of bycatch, a lot of you know, uh, a lot of unintended species killed straight up for cow and chicken farms, except for the fact they have to dedicate great swaths of land to house and feed, and then you know, industrialized agriculture and things like that. It, it's it's a cost efficiency model. You add the a layer of carbon emissions from cow beef versus fish, and you have to make your decisions looking through a lot more than just, wow, this number's really bad. And yes, they can fix trawling problems, but pages like this make it incredibly difficult to fix trawling problems. I'm going to repeat that point again. Bad. Don't go to it. Don't encourage these people. It's it's something we saw a lot during the pandemic, a lot of misinformation and things like that going around, and it's dumb, unhelpful, and uninformative. It, it's counterinformative. I don't know what the word is for uh, misinformation. It's misinformative, like straight up. There's You can look at these numbers and say, wow, that's really bad. I mean, look at all those fish that they caught and killed and tossed overboard. Or Nymphs has pages of... Like, you know, they've got videos on trolls, trawlers, so people can see what it looks like when these things come up. And some people comment and say, oh, gosh, you know, now I can't believe all these fish aren't being accounted for. But they are like they straight up are. And these comments just show a lot of ignorance um, straight up ignorance. I mean, it, that's what it is. And I, I don't, I'm not saying NIMS is perfect. I'm not saying FMA or, you know, any of these government organizations are perfect. I think there's a lot that's not accounted for typically when it comes to bottom contact and, uh, invertebrates discarded that aren't target invertebrates such as, you know, squid would be a somewhat target invertebrate because there's a market for them. They do get sold. Um, but when it comes to like sea pens, basket SARS, the, the fauna of the ocean, benthos it it's not accounted for correctly in my opinion and you say what you want but i'm gonna say you're wrong um i'm right and i think very highly of myself i know i'm not the sharpest tool in the shed but there are some things that i know and i know that these things are not being properly accounted for um unless you can give me camera footage of pre-trawl post-trawl area and show me that the bottom was not contacted or impacted in a significant or meaningful way i'm not going to believe what you tell me like it's straight up you can say that's you know bullheaded of me but that's just how it's going to be so all right now we're going to talk about effective uses of facebook pages so observer facebook pages there's a lot of them there's a lot of really cool ones there's a lot of really boring ones uh, my personal favorite is joffo 2024 because it's my facebook page i made it after getting kicked out of the joffo 2023 facebook page um because i said uh i, I commented on someone's uh <laughs> someone's post saying we don't need another page that just asks for what is this vessel like or who is it like what is this vessel like can anyone tell me what i to expect on this boat because there's a lot of facebook pages for that this page I thought was more meme-based, and I called that person out for that, and I got kicked out. And that's whatever. I wasn't emotionally distraught or that. I just made my own Facebook page and <laughs> post memes that I make on it because I, I like memes. There's a lot a lot of stress being an observer. There's a lot of stress in life in general. And there's a lot of Facebook pages that help you deal with those things. And this is my version of dealing with stress, anxiety, anger. Um, I make memes. I make funny jokes. 
jokes. It makes me laugh. If it gives other people, you know, a good chuckle or a smile or a positive thought popping up in their head, that's good. But that's not entirely my goal. You know, just like this podcast, it's a good way for me to vent, get my thoughts out there. And yeah, if other people enjoy and get something out of it, awesome. That makes it so much better. But I get way more out of this than I think anybody else does. And it's it's a good talking platform. It's These are just good means for me to express myself in healthy and creative ways. All right. So, yeah, I've, I made my own Facebook page just to toot my own horn. And it's got some funny memes on it that I've made. Other people have made some jokes people have called me out for. <laughs> and it's a, a good, healthy sense of community. It, it builds positivity in the world and that lord knows there's enough negative negative emotions thoughts feelings out there that we don't need more of that propagated um there is a facebook page called observer life and it's observers doing observer things there's some like sarah williamson you know the soul queen she is the observer liaison for the full coverage monitoring uh fisheries monitoring advisory committee fmac uh which is full coverage it's not partial coverage it's a specific partial coverage one so she posts surveys on there other people post surveys on there asking to get observers to help fill out observer things to solve observer problems and make the observer world a better world so darn it get out there pay attention be interactive look at these things yes i adamantly dislike online surveys i like talking to people i like getting more complete opinions on things it, it, you can ask someone yes no questions on checkbox and they may ask yes no or answer yes no but there's a lot of thoughts going on behind that yes no and i think in-person interviews are significantly more informative informative than online surveys and i know everyone doesn't have time for that but you could try then you know there's facebook pages for more professional things, giving job offers, spreading information about international observer programs, building a larger sense of community and a lot more positivity. And yeah, you know, the occasional sad thing pops up. There's a concurrent Supreme Court case going on. That's kind of a big deal. It started with herring fishermen in the on the East Coast saying, we don't want to pay for observers. And it's boiled down to a case that is going to decide whether or not federal agencies have the right to regulate essentially i mean that that's that's what it seems to boil down to and it's going to have a huge impact because of just what a few fishermen in a small fishery relative to all the fisheries across the country um they just they didn't want to pay for observers and so now no one's sure the government has the right to tell you you have to have observers on your boat and who has to pay for them and it's a really big case with a lot of really big ramifications going to the Supreme Court, which is a big court. So there's a lot to come out of that whenever that gets resolved. And we, as a country and as a planet, will feel the ramifications from this one. And it's not there's a possibility of it being really bad, really, 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 really bad, really, 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 really bad. Um, it history has shown through train accidents, uh, coal plant malfunctions, chemical spills, pollution, things like that, that you cannot straight up trust industry to regulate themselves. Yeah, there's there's some instances of companies 
doing the right thing, but there's a lot more of them doing the wrong thing. And it doesn't just affect one company. It affects the planet and everybody living in it. So, yes, the government is not perfect. It is made up of human beings, just like everywhere else. We're all human beings, it, typically. I mean, the AI systems are taking over, but that's another can of worms. Um but the idea that removing the ability for the government to do government things is not inherently a good idea. And if you think it is, then you're not listening to this podcast. Um, it's just straight up. You don't like observers. You think observers are dumb. So whatever. You probably wouldn't click on a podcast called The Observer Station. So, um, all right. That's enough of my Facebook rambling. Social media can be good if used in the right way can be incredibly harmful if used in the way it typically is um so be careful uh, what you see out there keynotes for observers or other interested public members out there fisheries monitoring advisement committee meeting happening this week uh comments closed down in a couple days post your comments there they are talking about observer related issues in this particular meeting there's not a whole lot of neat uh meeting details as of this moment i'm recording this but there should be more popping up here monday pay attention go check it out make your comments make your opinions known uh there's a crab plan team meeting next week june 5th through the 11th is the council meeting it's going to be an interesting one uh observer issues will be brought up in it so pay attention i will post on facebook pages and bug people about it so that everybody knows what is going on what's being missed and what's not being missed you can see the agenda if there's anything in particular that concerns you but you know it's just boring things like climate change and bycatch and bering sea Aleutian islands crab harvest which you know i mean that, that's kind of a bit a big idea bristol bay red king crab closures stable fish release like it, there's a lot of things being brought up and this meeting that will be interesting and i i definitely will be listening in on this one um you should as well if you got the time if not you know they're recorded you can listen to it in hindsight make your decisions bring your facts for the next council meeting and spit some spit some truths so well i think that's it for this episode i appreciate all of you chiming in and listening to the ramblings of a grumpy facebook user i am an old man and i've already accepted that i will be getting my aarp card here pretty soon even though i'm not even 30 yet um just because of the way i view facebook and social media and the evils of the man man um just getting governments made of people the evils of all people and the goodness of all people and let's hope for the best build a brighter future for tomorrow and be the change you want to see it's tough take it one step at a time and just keep on keeping on out there my salty seafaring friends have a fantastic week and get out there and get some sun rays before you get chucked into alaska and the sun is gone talk to you later bye